You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour on this Tuesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Spent a lot of time exploring all of the headlines. USC with Lincoln Riley, LSU snags Brian Kelly. Now you have Notre Dame open, Oklahoma open, and then subsequently those schools whose coaches leave their school to go to another school, and then the domino continues. Washington holds off Seattle 17-15. to Cliff Kingsbury sort of shakes off the Oklahoma rumors. Max Scherzer to the Mets. Corey Seager bolts L.A. for the Texas Rangers. Just some of the headlines today. McLovin, poll question for the final hour. Okay, hour two was what was the biggest surprise last week in college football? And it was a runaway. 75% said Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame. Yep. I have an NFL question and it's ugly. Brace yourselves. You might say not safe for work. Okay. <laughs> okay. Who gets the number seven seed in the NFC? Uh, right now, the Niners are in, and Washington improved to getting in at five and six. Here are the five and six and four and seven teams. Who do you like? Washington, <laughs> Minnesota at five and six, the Falcons at five and six, the Saints at five and six, the Eagles at five and seven, the Panthers at five and seven. Oh, my God. I'll throw in the Giants at four and seven, and the Bears at four and seven. Oh, God. Is, is there one team out there that, that seems good to you or will make a run or... I would guess the Saints seem to be the class of that group, but they just got blown out at home. They got Dallas coming up on Thursday. I thought the Eagles were building on something, but you you know, you score seven points against the Giants, had a chance to win it. At the beginning of the year, I thought the Falcons would be on the cusp of being a playoff team. They have been a big disappointment, but they're still in it. The Saints, I guess, surprised me the most. Uh, Vikings? And- no, the Vikings are, you can't count on the Vikings. It's like the Vikings are, are the Raiders of the Midwest, where you just go, hey, I think, I don't know. If, I don't know. Yes, Tom. The Vikings have the Lions, Steelers, and Bears twice, but they also have the Rams and Packers waiting still on their schedule. The rest yeah, of the they year. might win three more games, maybe four. Yeah, McLovin. It'd help if their quarterback lined up under center. Yeah, yeah. That's become such a thing. That's how everyone associates with this year. I think John Elway once did that. In, in fairness to Kirk D. Cousins, that uh, it's happened before with quarterbacks. Although sometimes you get your bell rung, and I think Elway, this might have been against the Steelers, that he got his bell rung and he lined up over guard and not center, which is understandable if you played against the Steel Curtain. Yes, Paul? If that was a veteran offensive line, the center would have rolled the ball casually <laughs> over the guard. They would have snapped it and not embarrassed their quarterback. Back up your guy. Uh, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at show. We will check in with the Notre Dame Fighting Irish coming up in about 20 minutes. The um, athletic director, Jack Swarbrick, had this to say. Um, Brian Kelly did not discuss with me the conversations he had with other universities. We are always talking about the program's needs. There was nothing identified at any time that some, there was something we could not meet. Um, okay. I mean, I, Brian Kelly may not have known how serious this was. I'll go back to what I was told. LSU thought they were getting, they thought they had Lincoln Riley. And that's how quickly it turned because it went from $12 million a year for Lincoln Riley to we're in a real, real desperate situation here to get a marquee name. And then you pump it up to $15 million. Now, all of a sudden, Brian Kelly's like, um, okay, 
They had conversations with him to start the year, and he wasn't interested. And at the end of the year, I mean, I, I don't know. They might get into the Final Four. I mean, how crazy would that be? What if they get into the Final Four? What if Cincinnati's in the Final Four? What if Luke Fickle then has to decide on Notre Dame? I mean, it's, it's wild. But there's so much money now that these coaches, you get that opportunity or you leverage something. That's like Cliff Kingsbury. He's going to leverage Oklahoma. And I don't blame him. I mean, he's up for coach of the year. Him and Belichick are the two favorites, according to Vegas, for coach of the year. Cliff Kingsbury tried to shake off the question yesterday at a press conference. Or yesterday saying that Oklahoma was interested in you for the head coaching job. I wonder if you had a reaction to that and if you have mutual interest in that job. Yeah, I, I don't get into those things. Um, my sole focus the last couple weeks has been Chicago Bears. And after watching on Thanksgiving, uh, it needs to be because they're a really good football team and um, had a big win. And so that's where my focus has been. Yeah, Cliff, um, why not just say I, I have no interest in the Oklahoma job? Yeah, I, I just, like I said, I, we're in season. We're at 9-2. and two. Um, Just not a topic I want to touch on right now. <laughs> He's negotiating without negotiating. That That's all that was. Semantics. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't want to talk about that. Okay. Yeah, I don't blame you, but your agent doesn't. He probably wants to talk about it. Yes, he. The Brian Kelly thing feels like a bigger move, though. And, and not one that can be like, well, you know, I hadn't really thought about it until all of a sudden this weekend it just happened. Mm. Like, you can't break Newt Rockney's record the same season. And then it just it feels like there had been more thought over the coming, over the past few months yeah. about making a jump to the SEC from Notre Dame after you break that record. Sure, the timing of all that seems. Yeah, but you would have taken the job before Lincoln Riley because Lincoln Riley could have taken that job. Is Brian Kelly going to take the Oklahoma job? No. Is he going to take USC? No. That's why it, it felt like it was 11th hour and LSU just said, you know what? Let's take a shot. Hey, we got to get, we got to get the money up. We got to make it so he can't say no. Because Lincoln Riley was taking the job. And then all of a sudden, it's, he's not taking the job. And then you got to save face. Because you can't have people keep, you know, can't whiff on all of these candidates. And that's probably where, in fairness to Kelly, maybe it was, hey, I spoke to these guys prior to the start of the season, and I wasn't interested. And I think he wanted to be the all-time leader in wins at Notre Dame. All right, he accomplished that. All right, you're on the outside of the Final Four. Maybe if one of these teams slips up in a conference title game, you slip in. But... I think he probably looked at this, and I don't know this, but I'll certainly try. I've gone as far as I can go. I mean, there's a glass ceiling. Notre Dame against Alabama in the title game, they, you had one team that was a true college power and yet another one that was trying to act like a true college power. There was a big difference between those two. And recruiting, Notre Dame can't recruit the way Alabama does or LSU does or most, most of these schools. And that's a big difference there. And maybe he just said, you know what? It's time for a change. And money certainly played a role. Certainly understand that. We talked a lot about uh, watching Seattle last night. 
Uh, I'm on record and been on record for the, probably the last six weeks, maybe two months, that I don't see Russ there next season. And I do think the scenario to keep an eye on, there's two, there's three scenarios where I would say, just keep an eye on this. One is Pete Carroll's not back. Now, I don't know if you know management or ownership is going to say, no, Pete is staying and Pete wants to stay. Okay. I'm just saying, here's three scenarios that could happen in Seattle. That Pete steps down. Russ more likely to stay if Pete steps down. And who's coming in? Okay. Here's another one. What if Russ goes to management and says, look, you guys don't want to be spending $50 million on your quarterback. Can I pick a team that you'll send me to and make this a Matthew Stafford-like situation? Where nobody's the bad guy here. That, hey, we need Detroit needed to move on and rebuild, and uh, the Rams were ready to win, and you, you get an established quarterback. And maybe Seattle will go, you know what? How about we get a couple of these first-round draft picks from the Giants or the Eagles? And Russ goes there. Miami. I don't know what the Saints have. What if Russ... Russ's agent hears from a team and says, would Russ waive his no-trade clause if we, we asked to trade for him? It feels like one of those three is going to happen there. But I think the only way Russ stays is if Pete Carroll is replaced by somebody else, a younger coach, offensive-minded coach. But, uh, you know, you're watching – and I don't think Russ is in decline. I think he's hurt and still trying to, you know, play through that injured finger. And he missed a lot of throws badly last night. And I think that has to be factored in as well. But they have no identity. I mean, DK Metcalf, he got one catch. Tyler Lockett, sometimes he's incredible, sometimes not there. Running game, not there. Yes, he. After what you saw last night, does it make sense to still play Russell Wilson? Uh, he's not going to sit down like that's that. That'll be the hard part is to say I would have. Well, does had, it make sense for him to want to play? No, but he's going to want to. He doesn't miss games. He had not missed any games in his career up until this year. And I think that'll be a hard thing for you to go. Hey, all right, Russ, we want to protect you because we'll trade you in the offseason. Or you want to see Geno Smith in there? Like, you know, you're tanking. Yeah, McLovin. Wasn't there a story he'd wake up at 3 a.m. to rehab his finger? He's a maniac. Of course, he's. you're yeah. not going to be able to drag him off the field, but yeah. I kind of agree with Seaton's sentiment. It's not helping him or the team. No, it's not, but he's still going to want to play. And if you're Seattle, is it going to matter at 3 and 8? No, it's not. All right, we'll get the phone calls uh, coming up. Tiger Woods held a press conference earlier today, and... He talked about maybe playing golf again. I think something that is realistic is playing the tour one day, never full-time ever again. Pick and choose, just like what Mr. Hogan did. You pick and yeah. choose a few events a year, and you play around that. You practice around it and try to gear yourself up for that, and you play it. I think that's kind of how I'm going to have to play it from now on. It's an unfortunate reality, but it's my reality. And I understand it, and I accept it. Uh, he also talked about 
you know, how good can he be? Can he be great again? I don't have to compete and play against the best players in the world to have a great life. I know that after my back fusion, I won. I had, for me, I had to prove it to myself. I had mm-hmm. to climb Mount Everest one more time. I had to do it, and I did it. Yeah. Uh, this time around, I don't think I'll have the body to climb Mount Everest, and that's okay. But I can't participate in the game of golf. I can still maybe, if my leg gets good enough, maybe click, click off a tournament here or there. But as far as climbing the mountain, get all the way to the top, I don't think that's a realistic expectation of me. And what he's doing is he's lowering expectations. And I understand that philosophy. And plus, he picked and chose the events he wanted to play in anyway. It's not like he was based, you know, a full-time golfer. This was about winning majors. And do I think he'll play again? I hope, but I, I mean, I'm fine if he doesn't. You know, I mean, he gave the game more than any other golfer probably has in history. I don't need anything more. But if he wants it, then great. I just don't want to see him go out there the way he did. Remember when he had the yips and he, and he just, it felt like you were watching somebody. It was a, you know, one of those uh, uh, body switching movies where you had somebody in Tiger's body out there and they were hitting shots like I would hit. I hope that we don't see that. I hope that he can play in a way that he is competitive. Uh, And he's not going to get out there and embarrass himself. But I think, in his mind, when, when you go through rehab and, you know, his rehab is different than all the rehabs that I've gone through, you know, where I just wanted to get back to normalcy. He wants to get back to being an elite athlete where I just wanted to be able to swing a golf club or shoot a basketball when I had shoulder surgery or when I had my knee surgeries. You know, could I get back to just running a little bit? You know, Tiger has different goals there, but you need a goal. No matter who you are, how old you are, you need a goal when you go through rehab after surgery and he went through a life altering situation where he nearly died nearly lost his leg but in that rehab process and it can be a dark place that you go into when you go into rehab because there's there's really nothing there you're working with a therapist and you're doing exercises so mundane but you want to in your mind go this is why i'm doing it and I don't know those reasons why he's going to go, this is why I'm doing it, but he needs to have that. It's not money. It's not fame. He's not going to be winning majors. It could be just, I want to get back to be able to play 18 holes with my son. I want to get back, do a father-son you know, event, maybe. I want to get back and do maybe a cameo in my, my charity golf event that I hold. Whatever those things are, He's the only one that has to be satisfied. He's the only one that has to go, this is why I'm doing it. It's nobody else. Nobody else's business. Because you may not understand. That's why he wants to do it. Yeah, McLevin. Does he sound almost happier now in decline than you knew him at the height of his fame? Uh, To me, he sounded a little more settled than I'm used to. Well, I think trying to understand what his world must have been like. That everything was secretive. And I remember being at Pebble Beach, and this was 96 or 97, at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, and we were in the tap room. Well, the tap room was where players could go in after their round, and there were no fans there. Now, that's changed. But I remember being in there, and Tiger was in there, and he was sitting with a woman, and but he didn't engage with the rest of us. So I'm in there with Mark Grace, Bill Murray, 
David Faraday, Gary McCord. So pretty festive group, but Tiger stayed off to the side and was like, it almost felt like he didn't know how to just have fun and be just a normal guy because he was just starting to be quote unquote Tiger Woods. And I just felt like growing up the way he did, he didn't have a childhood, not a normal childhood. And I think he still struggles with, can I be just a regular guy? Even his answers, his answers don't sound natural. It's not like he's just talking to you. It's very stilted. And uh, so you never feel like people say, oh, you've interviewed Tiger. How is he? He's usually not a good interview because he doesn't want to be a good interview. He doesn't hide it. It's not like Jeter, who you think he's saying something and appears nice. He doesn't say anything, but he's very nice in doing that. Tiger, you know, Tiger doesn't want you prying. He didn't want to talk about the crash. He says, I'm lucky to be alive, but he didn't want to answer anything. You know, he said, you know, the answers have been answered in the investigation. You can read about it there in the police report. You know, who knows what, you know, was he on something? Were there blood tests taken, like drawn? I don't believe so. Like, there's still a big mystery about that. But there, there's always mysteries with Tiger and always will be. But I hope he gets that opportunity where he gets to make the decision to play golf again. We'll take a break. Back after this on the Dan Patrick Show. Aging can make it tough to lose weight and keep it off. And that's why I want to tell you about M-Drive's new product. It's M-Drive Lean. Powerful protein supplement for driven guys who want to lose weight, look good, perform at their best. You want to have a smoothie in the morning, throw some protein in there. M-Drive Lean, the first of its kind protein powder formulated with Morisil. And what Morisil is, is a clinically tested blood orange extract that supports reduction in weight, waist size, and body mass. And its weight loss is backed by real science to help fuel your daily drive. You can visit mdrivedan.com, try it for yourself. They offer free shipping. There's also 60-day money-back guarantee, nothing to lose. And it's not easy to lose weight as you get older, but visit mdrivedan.com and try mdrive lean. Shed the extra pounds, feel good, perform at your best every single day. And... You know, when you drink the M-Drive, and, uh, you know, I'm curious what your results are going to be. You'll lose weight. You'll feel good. M-Drive lean. Don't let age beat you. Visit mdrivedan.com. Refind your prime with M-Drive. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app couple of phone calls in here. We'll check in with uh, Notre Dame. One of the men covering the Fighting Irish today. Phil in Indiana is back. Hi, Phil. What's on your mind today? Dan, always a great pleasure. Um, this seems like a money grab to me, Dan. He's, he's going to a school where he's going to have to play Florida, Auburn, A&M, Alabama, and I'm missing somebody in there, maybe Ole Miss, but he's going to have to play those schools every year, schools that he struggled to beat at Notre Dame, and and real quick, Dan, do you think LSU is a better team than Notre Dame? I think I think he had it better at Notre Dame, but I I just think this is this seems like let me get one last big contract in here before I hang it up. Love to get your thoughts, Dan. Have a great week, buddy. Thank you, Phil. I think the recruiting aspect of this is really important because he can go out and get anybody he wants. Notre Dame. And it's up there with Vandy and Stanford. It's tough to get everybody in that you want to get in. And I think that that's, that goes a long way. Plus, they gave him a monetary offer that he probably couldn't refuse. 
I think he'd accomplished everything he was going to or thought he was going to there. Yeah, Paulie. Just to give it a little background, the 2022 recruiting classes, if you want to look at something that was recent, Georgia was number one, Alabama number two, Clemson number three, LSU number four, Ohio State number five, A&M number six. This is almost everybody had that some type of order. You have to go down for Notre Dame's recruiting class was 18th in the country. That's, yeah. a, that's a dip from LSU. And, you know, do I think Notre Dame is a better job than LSU? I do from, from the standpoint of Notre Dame is still a standalone school. And, you know, they have their own TV network and they, they, they have their own identity. And, you know, will that change in the coming years with college football? Perhaps. But LSU, you're just in the SEC. Notre Dame was a standalone for me. Um, Eric Hansen has covered Notre Dame since the mid-90s, 1997, and uh, he covers Notre Dame football for the South Bend Tribune. Where's this rank on shocking days at Notre Dame and Notre Dame history there, Eric? Shocking days of my career. I've been doing this since 1983, and that was number one. I mean, I just didn't see it coming, and I'm still kind of shaking my head. Brian Kelly just finished building a new house near campus and um oh boy it was uh it's just you know as much as he's his whole identity has been tied into Notre Dame winning a national championship and him fighting to put Notre Dame in a position to make that a reality uh, and ruffling some feathers along the way it's just an interesting left turn for me from my perspective how would you sum up the last 24 hours? And do you think all of this happened in a 24-hour period? I, I do. I, I, th- I think that Brian was, uh, you know, was always willing to listen to people, but I don't think he thought, saw himself as walking away from Notre Dame. And... Um, you know, I think it just all kind of came together. I mean, his own assistant coaches didn't know. Yeah, I know. And, and, and so, uh, you know, Jack Swarbrick mentioned that, you know, he had conversations with Brian last night. That's when they first talked about it. So, um, you know, it, it, the, the thing about it is Brian did leave the program in a good place. And whoever walks in the door next, is going to have a much easier job than Brian did walking in the door in December of uh, 2009. Why did he leave? You know, I was talking to a friend of his just before we got on the air here. And, you know, I think the money had something to do with it, but I just think, you know, maybe a different challenge. Maybe he just got tired of, trying to fight the same fights and uh, um, just thought, well, let's, let's try to do this somewhere else. It, it surprises, again, we're, we're still kind of walking through the shock of his own friends, of his own inner circle, that this happened. And so it just, I wish I had a better answer for you, Dan. Um, well, you but, sound like somebody who is shocked. I am. I'm just, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm shaking my head at 60 years old, you know, two to go. And, and Brian's a young 60. He takes care of himself. He does yoga. He, he has a lot of balance in his life. I mean, 
you know, he was the oldest coach to ever coach at Notre Dame. He's the first one to be 60 years old to be on that sideline. So he's doing something right. But, you know, his whole identity was tied in recruiting and everything else was tied into his belief when nobody else was believing him that Notre Dame could win a national championship. And, and all the battles that he had to fight for the Jumbotron and facilities and artificial turf that just made the traditionalists mad, you know, that was all who Brian Kelly was. And that's why, you know, right last night I wrote, he kind of broke the promise to himself that he could do this, that he could pull it off. All right. So the short list of candidates to replace him? You know, the two that are the most intriguing to me is Luke Fickle, who's the head coach at Cincinnati and who has no interest in being distracted from what they're trying to do this weekend with Houston. So I would be shocked if any there was any movement this week with him. And then I think Marcus Freeman's intriguing. I think it's a risk only from the standpoint that non-head coaches, non-head college coaches haven't done well in this job. And uh, no matter how talented they seem kind of coming in, and Marcus has only been at Notre Dame for a year. Boy, is he a sharp guy when you talk to him. The defensive coordinator. The defensive coordinator. He can recruit. Um, he he handles having six kids pretty well, so he's he's a good multitasker. But I think he's an intriguing pick. I think it would be a risk. Mm. I think that is the guy that the players are building support for. I'm not sure how much of a voice they'll have in this, but that's kind of who they're kind of pushing uh, Notre Dame to look at, and I think he will get a look. I wonder about this, Eric. We're talking to Eric Hansen. He covers Notre Dame football for the South Bend Tribune. Let's say this is, I don't know, eight months ago, a year ago. Urban Myers on the uh, Fox pregame show set, and you have openings, including Jacksonville, but you have Notre Dame as an opening. And Urban famously, when he was leaving Utah, I think did a pit stop at Notre Dame and then didn't like what he heard and then kept going south to Florida. But Urban Meyer on the radar here at all with Notre Dame? I think the circumstances that led him to leave Ohio State would be a tough sell for the Notre Dame trustees. As much as they'd love to have him, as much as that was kind of always the dream coach, I I think that would keep Notre Dame from moving on that, even if there were interested interest from Urban on the other side of that. What's a better opening? USC, LSU, Notre Dame? I'd throw Oklahoma in there, but Oklahoma, I mean, if you want to, but best job out of those four. I think Notre Dame is a great job. I, I think it's the hardest job of the four. Yeah. Um, you know, Oklahoma, you have Texas sitting there. Cal- USC, you have California recruiting. Louisiana per capita has great talent. And Notre Dame, you know where Notre Dame's biggest draw has been for talent in the last four years? California. And number two is Georgia. It's not Ohio or Indiana or Illinois. I mean, they're going all over the place. And I think that's – and now Brian Kelly's raised the bar on expectations. I think it's the most difficult of those jobs. What would be the best job? I would say probably USC just because 
they have the tradition, the recruiting and everything all rolled into one. And I think they can stop those California stars from being so transient. I mean, you look at Ohio State, their quarterbacks from California, Alabama, their quarterbacks from California. <laughs> uh, what are you going to do? Their quarterbacks from California. What are you going to do the rest of the day, Eric? Uh, I got a lot of writing to do the rest of the day. I'm going to write a column on what the next steps should look like. And uh, then we have the beautiful college football playoff show tonight. Wouldn't that be wild <laughs> if all the tumblers fell and Notre Dame somehow backed into the playoff picture? Well, if if somebody slips up here in these conference title games, if yeah. Alabama loses, Notre Dame may may slip in there. And then who's coaching Notre Dame in the bowl game? Oh, they are not going to or they're not going to have an interim coach right now. I think they would appoint one at that point. But again, you're going to have a tug of war with Brian Kelly wanting to pull some people to LSU. Oh, so, I know. I know. Uh, it may be you and me coaching Notre Dame in the bowl game. <laughs> Well, Oklahoma's bringing back Bob Stoops. Can Notre Dame bring back uh, Lou Holtz or Rudy? How about Rudy coaches him? Uh, uh, then I'm leaving the beat. That, that would be. <laughs> I, I'd rather see somebody from the media coach. <laughs> Eric, uh, thanks for joining us. No, you got a busy day. We appreciate your time. Thank you for having me on. That's Eric Hansen. He covers Notre Dame, and he covers them for the uh, South Bend Tribune. Well, that's one of those where you're looking for answers, but the answers you want are from Brian Kelly. Like, when did he know? Uh, why are you leaving? And, you know, in his introductory press conference, maybe somebody at LSU asked, hey, why did you leave Notre Dame? Now, he might just say, look, I couldn't pass up the opportunity to bring another national championship here, or whatever it is. I don't know if you get the, the full disclosure there, but I, I would be curious. Because he might say all of those things that I've been telling you as to why he would leave. That's a tough job to walk away from. I mean, that's, it's mind-boggling. Now, if you said it to me 10 years ago, I'd say there's no way. But in today's college football world, I get it. You know, that money, that prestige, recruiting, I don't have restrictions the way I did at Notre Dame. I get it. Yeah, see. Right. I mean, if you say like triple your salary and go to a place that you can win. Yeah. Yeah. Going to be tough, though. Going to be tough. Like week in and week out. It's not like you go, hey, you know, this week we're playing Navy. Yeah, Paul. If you were in Notre Dame and all the upheaval in college football is going on right now, would you be less likely or more likely to join the Big Ten or another conference? Well, I thought the ACC made sense because it allowed them in other sports and basketball and, and, and you could truly be in the ACC. And it, and it felt like it was, you know, something different for Notre Dame. Um, set up different rivalries. You have to deal with Clemson. Maybe Florida State comes back. You know, Wake Forest has been wonderful this year. Like, you know, Pitt. But I, it's still that value of being a standalone independent and, I, you know, there's value in that. Pick and choose who you want to play. You can sort of, you know, manicure your schedule that says, all right, we got a couple of built-in rivalries, but we can have these games where we know we're going to get to eight, nine wins every single year. And I think that there's value in that as well. Um, 
Shane in South Bend, Indiana. Hey, Shane, thanks for holding. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan and the gang, uh, 61 years old, 5'9", 195. First-time caller, long-time listener. Uh, waking up here in South Bend is just a shock. We got the news going on late last night through the local news. And the scuttlebutt is that Brian was just completely just exhausted with getting these kids to class. It's a completely different college than, than where he's going. Yeah. And they're getting to the point where, here, here's my thing. Here's, here's what I want to know. So we have a personal friend. We grew up in Marcellus, Michigan. We have a friend, Matt LaFont. He's a great guy, great coach, good for Green Bay, but again, babysitting for Aaron Rodgers. So here's my thought pattern. Uh-oh. Call up, Matt. Give him as much money as he wants. Have his family move back up into this area, and let's just have a great, great 2022. <laughs> I mean, get over it. I mean, we're just to that point where these kids, they work day in, day out, day in for their practices, but they still got to go to class. They're not caliber like Alabama, Georgia. We know about here in South Bend, but you bring in another coach, it's not going to, that's not going to, that's not going to happen. You know, Matt's a great guy. He's great with these kids, but, you know, Notre Dame's Notre Dame. We have a 10 win season. We're happy. But for Brian Kelly to turn this now when the situation's where it's at today, wow, that's just shocking. Eric has it. Eric's job today, he's in shock. Yeah. Thank you, Shane. Yeah, I know that, you know, we're going to have these hypothetical situations, but do I think Matt LaFleur is going to go, hey, I'm. Tired of babysitting Aaron Rodgers? He's not leaving now. They could be the best team in the NFL. Got a chance to go to the Super Bowl. I I had been told this years ago that if Brian Kelly ever left, John Harbaugh of the Ravens was going to be the guy that they would target. Now, this is years ago. And I was told by somebody involved in what would be a coaching search. Now, that doesn't mean John was interested in, it was, you have certain coaches. It's a wish list. It's just like what happened with Mike Tomlin in USC. And it's not that I'm saying that Notre Dame was, you know, that John Harbaugh wanted Notre Dame. I don't want it to be twisted. I'm already in trouble enough with the college football insiders. I don't want to add anything here. But I think that they were targeting John Harbaugh if that was going to be the case. Whether John would have been interested, I have no idea. But... That was the name that came up quite a quite a long time ago. But you're Notre Dame, and you should shoot high. You now LSU was desperate. Notre Dame shouldn't be desperate. Notre Dame should say, "All right, we got to get the right guy who understands everything." Because this is not just go out there and coach football. There's a whole lot more that goes on at Notre Dame than almost any other school. And I think, you know. Brian, probably this will be a little bit of a exhale. Even though you're going to have to play tough football programs, it certainly is nice where you go, can I get this guy in? Can we try to get this guy in? Oh, we can't get this guy in. You're not going to have to worry about that. Now, you're going to have to be fighting everybody else. Got to have a whole lot of competition. Because it just feels... Now, Notre Dame is not as special as it was when I was growing up in the 70s. Watching Notre Dame football, you know, that was like going to church. 
In fact, I used to say to my mom on Sunday morning, they'd have a replay of the Notre Dame game from Saturday, and then they would have a one-hour condensed version. And I would say to my mom, can I just stay and watch Notre Dame football? And my mom said yes. That's how important Notre Dame football was in my house. Now, I didn't wear church clothes, but I think I might have combed my hair and brushed my teeth before I watched Lindsey Nelson and Paul Horning with Notre Dame football. But now, I mean, these kids don't grow up with that tradition. Their parents maybe did. But these kids, it's not about, hey, Dad, I want to go to Notre Dame because it's, I want to go where I can play. I want to go where they have a good offense or, you know, they're known for this. They want to play on Sunday. And Chip Kelly or uh, uh, Brian Kelly is going to be recruiting kids at LSU who plan on playing on Sunday. I don't know if that can be said for how he recruit or recruited at Notre Dame. Last call for phone calls. What we learn, what's in store tomorrow, right after this. As we get closer to the holidays, we probably get less and less sleep. In fact, the worst average sleep IQ scores occurred on New Year's Eve, Christmas Eve, and the 4th of July. Quality sleep is essential for optimum health, performance, and well-being. We know that lack of sleep can leave you feeling scatterbrained, cranky, especially around the holidays. So make sure you stick to a routine and your kids when they wake up, when they go to bed, and even on the days when they're not going to school. Make bedtime a time to relax. Don't miss the Sleep Number Cyber Week Special. Save up to $1,000 on select Sleep Number 360 smart beds with adjustable bases, plus special financing. This is going to end Monday, December 6th, only at Sleep Number stores or at sleepnumber.com slash Patrick. This is subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments are required. See sleepnumber.com slash Patrick for details. Ask about Sleep Number. Ask about Sleep IQ technology, but ask about Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byard. We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week, we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup, sits, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Harmon and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts last call for phone calls what we learn what's in store tomorrow all of that coming up um how about david shaw for notre dame stanford you're used to the academic requirements uh he's been a really good football coach although stanford feels like it's a little bit on the decline but he would be well versed in getting these these athletes in uh recruiting just throw out names. Yes, Pauline. It makes a lot of sense. It would have made a lot of sense three years ago when he was rolling yes, at Stanford. That's, that's and you couldn't true. get him. He was three <laughs> and nine this year. Yeah. No. Stanford is down down. Oh, yes. I remember uh, watching one of their games and I thought, where's the crowd? And it was a home game. There was nobody there. They were probably all studying. Uh, Craig in Washington. Hey, Craig, what's on your mind today? Hey, DP. Hey, bud. 
Hey, I got a statement, uh, kind of a question. I, I would like to see Dan Quinn maybe try and get out of Dallas and come back up here to Washington and revitalize our defense up here, get a run game going again. If, if any coach was going to come up here, I would, I would root for that guy. Okay. And my, my question would be, uh, whatever happened to Doug Peterson from the Philadelphia Eagles? How come he's never mentioned in any football college coach uh, uh, maybe thoughts or anything like that? And I appreciate your call. Thanks a lot, Dan. All right, Craig. Thank you. I was thinking about that with Doug Peterson. I don't even know what he's doing now. Is he an assistant coach somewhere? McLovin? I saw him hanging out with Frank Reich in Indianapolis. I don't know if he was oh. consulting, but I don't, he was at a practice, but I don't think he's coaching, but I'll double check that. Man. I've never, that caller's right. Have you ever heard his name? No, no, not at all. John in Oregon. Hey, John, what's on your mind today? Hey, DP and the Danets. Hey, uh, just a real quick comment on the, the idea that USC is this, the best job. And, and if, if what you want is ease of travel, like, say, driving 100 miles from your campus, I get that. But if you look at a list of coaches at USC since 1980, Ted Tolner fired, Larry Smith fired, John Robinson in 97, a second time around, uh, Paul Hackett fired, Pete Carroll left under a cloud of probation to the NFL, Lane Kiffin abandoned in 2013, Ed Ogeron not retained as interim 2013, Steve Sarkeesian, uh, you know, his situation, Clay Helton fired. Where's the, if it's such a great job and the best job, where's the Hall of Fame coaches since 1980? Well, you got to go I, back to somebody like John McKay. Now, you could say it's all just bad coaches. You could say that, but Lane Kiffin's doing pretty good at Ole Miss. Well, you can't just blow by Pete Carroll's contributions to USC. I mean, it made him a, a college Hall of Fame coach. But I think they've they've stayed loyal to some uh, candidates, to coaches. And I think that they've done a poor job in who they've hired at USC. You know, you get into that, oh, you got to hire a USC guy, or you got to hire a Michigan guy. Man, I want to hire the best guy. Michigan hired Brady Hoke. He didn't work out. Now, he has since worked out at San Diego State, but you got to hire the right guy for the right situation, the best coach. And USC has all that talent that's there. But I, I think they've done a poor job in who they've hired over the years. But I can't blow by Pete Carroll and just say, yeah, and Pete, uh, yeah, he left in a cloud of uh, probation. Yes, he did. Zach and Charlotte. Hey, Zach, what's on your mind? Hey, bud. Yep. DP, let's keep this thing rolling, man. You know who I'm hearing to Notre Dame? <laughs> yeah. Friend of the show, Nicholas Saban Jr., the third to mm. Notre Dame. Mm, okay. What well, do you, What do you think? He, now, think about this, man. He's created a monster down in Alabama. I think he's getting sick and tired of it. Head up to South Bend <laughs> and uh, ride out on a cloud. <laughs> That's all I got. Man. All right. I'm Thank you, Zach. Yeah. I know that Saban came out and scolded the fan base. They're spoiled. I don't know if that's reason enough to leave Alabama because you're mad that the fans have high expectations. Um, I don't think Nick goes, oh, I need a new challenge. I think he, he still embraces that. They just slipped by Auburn. They got Georgia coming up. He still has challenges there in the SEC. Not necessarily week in and week out, but year in and year out, he certainly does. Let's go around the room, what we learned on the program. 
Fritzy, what did you learn today? The big swagoo. Marcus Spears says, if you win, you fit in. Don't worry about Brian Kelly and LSU's fit. He also expects Russell Wilson to be done in Seattle. All right. McLovin? David Carr didn't understand why Brian Kelly would leave Notre Dame for LSU. Hmm. Well, it's a shock. But you, you just don't leave Notre Dame. Unless you're told to leave Notre Dame. Seton O'Connor Jr. the third. Marcus Spears, if he got the chance, would saw Dan Orlovsky in half. I like that. Paulie, what'd you learn today? Spears Orlovsky question mark? Tune in tomorrow. Spears, Spears, Orlovsky. Uh-huh. Todd, what did I learn today? Uh, we all wonder if Luke Fickle could leave a Cincinnati team currently in the Final Four getting ready for a conference title game for the Notre Dame job. Intelligence runs in the family. Not this family. Innovation runs in the family. Not this family. Extraordinary runs in the family. Not this family. The 2021 Mercedes-Benz range of SUVs. Every member waiting to impress. Learn more at MBUSA.com. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Thanks for the phone calls, emails, tweets. We'll do it again tomorrow here on the Dan Patrick Show. One more item. We close out the show, and Masterclass is here for the rescue. Now, this is a great Christmas gift. Now, the reason why it's great is because you're learning from the experts, exclusive classes on a wide variety of topics, all taught by world-class masters at the top of their field. Do you want to cook? You want to sing, play guitar? Over 100 classes from a range of world-class instructors, and maybe it's the thing you always wanted to do. Maybe you're looking for a hobby. The reason why it's a great gift, as I just mentioned, how about this? This holiday, give one annual membership, and then you get one free. Nobody has to know about it. Somebody will go, wow, you got me Masterclass. They don't know that you all also got it as well. Go to masterclass.com slash Patrick today and find out about all of these classes. They're broken down, usually about 20 lessons per class, 10 minutes per lesson, and you explore at your own pace. Lessons are available anytime, anywhere. Phone, computer, tablet, smart TV, or just listen with the audio mode. It's masterclass.com slash Patrick. Terms apply.